Hello and welcome back to another episode of Biff Pal Bam. As always, I'm your host, Paul. Uh, and joining me on this episode is Tony. Oh. Now, unfortunately, Josh isn't with us. Um, you were probably all waiting for a Shazam review. Uh, things went a bit awry with that. I saw it on <laughs> opening weekend. Josh saw it about Josh saw it about three weeks afterwards and then went to New York. Um, <laughs> and Tony didn't see it at all. So there was no Shazam review. Um, it was all right. If you haven't seen it, you've not missed much. Um, things are obviously very different, as we, we've spoken about with the DC Universe now. Um, so really, I think it's a dead film. I, I don't think we'll be seeing any of those guys again, unfortunately. Um, so really, it didn't make any difference whether you saw it or not, because it's not going anywhere. The Flash isn't going to deal with it, I don't think. Um so no worries there. But as I say, Josh has actually bailed on us this week. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know whether he will be back on the show now. Um, he is he's moving on to uh, some more study. Obviously, for those of you that didn't know, during the bulk of this show, he was actually studying at university. Um, yeah. And now he's going back to do later studies. Um, so he has already announced that he's leaving... Um, for the love of a franchise after next month's episode. So I don't know whether he'll be back on this show or not, um, but I just want to give him a shout out. I just want to give him a shout out because he's been fantastic on this show. Obviously a, a slightly younger generation than both Tony and myself um, and, and gave a slightly different view. And also he was, he was very much into the comic book law um, compared to Tony and myself. We tend, tend to pick up comics randomly. Uh-huh. And yeah. Afterwards, yeah. yeah. So just a shout out to Josh. So thank you very much, pal. You've been a, a great help on the show and, and I hope you've enjoyed your time on the show. Um, you were there right from the start. And and on that note, um, the man we have to thank for Josh being on this show um, is actually joining us tonight um, for the first time in, in quite a while. Uh, so welcome back, Craig. Hey, old man, Josh, if you will. <laughs> Josh well, that is makes like baby older man Craig then. <laughs> well, there is that, but he's like baby Groot, isn't he? Teenage Groot. Yeah. And now I am yeah, old man Groot. Accent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and, and on that note, I think we probably have to say up front, we've not said it yet. This is our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and and probably our wrap up um to the the franchise as a whole. Um because this is the the final one in the guise that it is now. Um, I wanted to say the trilogy, but you kind of can't say that because the Christmas special was like half a movie. Um, yeah. So and it's get, 3.5. And if you add up their appearances in the other stuff, it's like half a movie as well. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, so they, they popped up in the two Avengers films. They were in Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, yeah. So they they have spread their wings um in recent years um so yeah this is this is our thoughts tony you you saw it first um yeah. and craig and i have seen it this weekend so that's why we're we're a little bit behind we were hoping josh was going to see it this weekend but he he hasn't had a chance he escaped liverpool um yesterday to get away from eurovision um <laughs> so he hasn't had a chance to see it so he has bailed on us today but we normally do what worked and what didn't and i think it's a little bit difficult with this one because it is it's kind of the farewell um, to some, not all, of the Guardians. Um, but 
yeah, I, I really just wrap the film up and and just talk our thoughts over the, the entire franchise, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's start. I know I spoke to you, Tony, yesterday, and I think we have differing feelings over this. I've never been a, a massive, massive Guardians fan. Mm. Um, I, I didn't think the first two were great. In fact, as I said to you, it was probably in my bottom, both of them were in my bottom five, six movies from the MCU. Yeah. Um, outside of kind of the soundtrack on the first one, and um, probably the two characters that you probably shouldn't care most about were the two that I thought were the most rounded characters in in Groot and Rocket um, <laughs> throughout the first two. Um, Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. Um, he has slightly improved over recent years. Um, but as most people will tell you, Chris Pratt is playing Mario as Chris Pratt. Um, so he hasn't really moved on. But these last couple of appearances, I, I felt his his acting has improved. Um, so on that note, that's one of the things I think has worked over the the franchise is that he has got better as the character, I think. And I um, think it was important that, that death was part of that for him and having to deal with it. Yeah, and, I, th- and I think this, the second film certainly with- sent him on a different path. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he has just, for me, he has become a, a more rounded character. Um, so, either of you guys got thoughts on press? Yeah, I mean, because like the, the stuff with it, if, if we're probably going to have to jump across the other films a little bit as well, like the stuff yeah. interacting with Thor were a little bit annoying in that in that sequence, weren't they? And, and that, that sort of willy waving aspect of him. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of tone that down a bit more as well. And they did; they have made him a more roundy character by the end of this first one. And, and the end of the film shows that, where he is big enough and man enough to walk away and say, you know, I'm done for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, yeah. although <laughs> the credit scene suggests otherwise. But, yeah, um, very no, much that so. That was a nice sort of end to his, to his immediate arc, I thought. And... That yeah. was one of the plus points of the film, I think, for me, yeah, for the third film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I much improved. Craig, how about you? What are your thoughts on on Chris Pratt as a as a whole and as as Star Lord? I don't, I don't get all the Chris Pratt acting like Chris Pratt. I've just, I've just always just just got, sort of got on with it, uh, took it for what it is, and. I think his story arc he's matured through the films, maybe not as an individual or what off car- off camera or whatever, but in this story arc, I mean, with the Iron Man situation when they were on the planet and they had the plan with Thanos, and you you felt they've done it here, they've they've got that glove off and and he flipped his lid and. You know, he ruined it for everybody, and he's been a dick several times. Um, mm. But I think this one, it was a lot more a mature. You know, he's had to go through the grief, and well, it, there is still bits of comedy in there with him. But well, it was yeah. interesting with James Gunn's comments about the way that his story played out in the Avengers film, um, and that he wouldn't have had him do that. But I think that was the problem. I think sometimes with Gunn was that he saw those all those characters include him as his characters when they aren't. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know whether you guys have seen recently that, that guns claimed that he was making notes on pretty much every Marvel script. 
for the mm-hmm. last few years, and it it kind of feels like no, you don't. He doesn't need to be doing that. He had he kind of we had that whole situation where he came out and went, I'm overseeing the whole of the like the the cosmic side of of the MCU, mm. and even then it didn't feel like he was. Mm. Like I never felt his influence, other than Taika is possibly the same kind of director, if not a yeah. little bit more out there. Yeah. But I never really saw Gunn's influence over the Thor films. Certainly didn't over Captain Marvel. No. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I, I don't see Gunn's writing, having now seen him with the MCU stuff, we've seen him, first of all, with the Suicide Squad, then Peacemaker. Yeah. None of the Marvel stuff feels like he should be involved. Um, that, that was the thing. That was the whole point, though, in the Avengers. That it, it was down to him. He it needed that catalyst to to screw everything up, and he was yeah. the most likely candidate. Yeah, because, because he had reasons. It was it was his father-in-law. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so so his father-in-law's a dick and ego, and then he had to deal with. But before and before that, he'd had to deal with with um with Thanos and Gamora and all that, and and. It was right that he was him in the event. So for Gunn to say that, it didn't really gel for me. Um, and, and that's what I say. That's why you've got to take all of those films in into account, I think, in terms of his arc. Yeah. Uh, to show that pro- progression as a character. Yeah, definitely the second half of that that first Avengers film in that, that double bill of Infinity War and Endgame, it was the Guardian story. Yeah, definitely. A lot of it revolved around Nebula, Gamora, yeah. Thanos, all, all from Guardians. Um, so, and even the the side quest with Thor, it was Groot yeah. and Rocket with him. So those two Guardians films were very much tied in with with the Guardian storyline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, just this. Marvel now is so vast and so huge. Where is this film in the timeline? In in everything? Do you know? Yeah. That, again, there's no real explanation unless, which they have been doing. They've been trying to tidy up the timeline, telling you where where things. <laughs> Tony and I had this conversation about where Hawkeye was meant to be set the other day. Well, <laughs> and, and again, you you just need a degree now to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, so, I think it was refreshing in in respect in the, the fact that again, it's a it's a one off story, just finishing their story arc. You know, Captain Marvel's out there in the universe somewhere, but she didn't go and help them. That burns me out. Thor's bouncing around somewhere. He's intergalactic. Um, yeah, and and James Gunn's come out and and confirmed that since Thor left them, they've had no contact with him. Right. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, all these all these things is, is what's going through my head. Now, as soon as you start doing team-up movies, I say this every time, come on, you lose, I think you lose. As For everything that you gain, you also lose a little bit because... <laughs> Comments I'd have did... to put up with a mate of mine who's not a big Marvel fan, who's never been a big fan of the team-ups. He's always preferred seeing the separate films and separate characters. And I think that's the thing. When the the MCU started, the team-ups were something quite special. Yeah. 
and you didn't expect it to to happen in the next film. Now you're expecting someone else to turn up. Yeah. And but it, it kind of has ruined that that specialness. Mm. Yeah, definitely. You know, Spider Man has had Iron Man. You know, he was at a wedding and all that. And, but and that, that I would say was the 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 catalyst for the team up movies. Yeah, was that first Spider Man having Iron Man there mm. outside of a, an Avengers film? Like, obviously, we'd had um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, where we'd had Black Widow um, popping up in that. Who previously she'd obviously been in Iron Man too, but was kind of a cameo more than anything. She mm. was she was a background character. She wasn't one of the the main characters, but then. You got Winter Soldier where you had the two of them, well, three of them, really, wasn't it? By that yeah. point, it was Falcon as well. Um, but that still kind of felt like they contained characters that were within that story. Mm. Whereas then you started getting... Robert Downey Jr. was in Iron Man for five minutes, yet he was in all the promotional work for it. Yes, including that infamous scene, which was nowhere near the movie. Yeah, and then it like kind that. of... The specialness of a character popping in kind of wore off after that. Mm. And yeah, I feel like Spider-Man was the catalyst for that, where you expected another character to turn up in it. So, yeah, so so it it was always, even though I get the cosmic element of of, of Thor being out there in that same part of the universe, it always seemed like a weird fit, didn't it, in some ways? Yeah, and it it did feel like it was a bro-off. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was about. It was to try and show how manly Thor still was. Yeah, despite the yeah. fact that he'd kind of become this beer beer swilling lout. Yeah, that he still felt like he was better than everybody else. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, he he certainly wasn't missed. If and James has claimed that he was never in the script, but. He was. He was in the original script, and then when they switched it all around after they fired him, yeah, he had to write him out because it had to go in the Thor movie instead. Oh, okay. And and it was so, right that he wasn't because it, it was it's their story and it's their goodbye. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and yeah, and I suppose talking talking through some some other characters, uh, the characters that obviously I, has now stood out. I mean, and surprisingly, from where it started. For me, and we talk about her on a regular basis because we're Doctor Who fans. Um, is Karen as Nebula? Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah. Rang that character, that that her, her, her swan song, and she's fantastic. Yeah. Again, it, it, and it gave gave Karen a little bit more to do as well. I thought in this film, um, and she's been an absolute revelation. When I mean, I, I must admit, it's a raise my eyebrow when when she was first cast. Um, but then when you see that that first appearance of her. Um, that that voice and that accent and, it, and, her, and her mannerism and her swagger and it just all comes together so well and she just knocked you out of the park in the end. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, obviously we've been been fans for more than a decade now, um, and, and and felt kind of sorry for her because she she kind of came out of Doctor Who and thought she was going to have like a a US TV career. Um, and the yeah, first series she got lasted half a season and it got canned. And then she disappeared for a little while. 
did a movie for Mike Flanagan as well. I watched um, yeah. horror film and thought, oh, she, maybe she's going to carve out a horror career, and that didn't really lead to yeah. much. Yeah, uh, Oculus, wasn't it? That Oculus was it. Oculus, yeah. yeah, we've got that floating around in the house somewhere. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like it wasn't going to work. And in the same way, in fact, you say that, it seems to be the same way for Matt. Matt seems to be picking the wrong projects, but now he's hit the big time with House of the Dragons. Mm. Um, in the same way, it's just taken him a little bit longer yeah. than it did for Karen. Karen kind of found her feet uh, a lot quicker than than he did. Um, but yeah, it's just the, that character and it just so unexpected because when we see her at the start, she's clearly the villain of the piece. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just such and a... even going through the Avengers film, she's still on that sort of line of, of which way is she going to turn as, as a character. Yeah, until until obviously we get that scene when the older version of her, or the, the past version of her turns up and she kind of realises how far she's come. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and that, again, is another catalyst for, for her character. It's come from a film that James hasn't written. Exactly, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a strange one, and yeah, for me, she's she's one of the the standouts um, yeah. by Mar. And I suppose on that note, I I will bring up a couple. I think that have ended up being duff notes. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I still think Drax is poorly written. Um, I don't think Batista's a good actor. Um, he can yeah. say whatever he wants. Um, unfortunately, his career is going to be going the same way as Jason Statham, <laughs> um, where you will be playing the action hero for the rest of your life. Fast and Furious um, Eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and there were there have been times as, as it's gone where some of the stuff with him does feel really forced. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and don't get me wrong, I really like the Christmas special. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that it revolved around them, but that's because it was a comedy. Yeah, it was an out and out comedy, uh, and you have to say it as well. For me, I wasn't a fan of Mantis um, either. Just that, even the pairing of the two of them mm. at times made me grind my teeth. <laughs> um, I get that. I get and it's not until the end that he kind of moves away from that. With the mm. kids, um, and and for me, yeah, across all three films, he didn't have much to do in the Avengers films, so I can't really criticise him there. But over the the Guardians films, the pair of them have just, uh, and on top of that, for me, the whole confirming that Quill and Mantis were brother and sister, what was the point? Mm. Yeah, absolutely, moot point. But it does leave it open for for some point in the future, maybe. For them to team up or him to come back. Yeah, it does. But it just it feels like you do that in that special and then it gets one small mention mm. but, right at I the mean, beginning of the film and that's it. They can all say it's done. They can all say Guardians is done. But when there's a need for a, a character to fit a, a role within a movie... Any one of them could come back, especially if the paychecks dry up. Um, well, I, th- I think we have seen the last of Drax and Gamora, I suspect. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Zoe's 
Zoe's pretty much done. Uh, yeah. I don't even think she'd come back for Avatar either now. After these ones are done, I think she's probably done with that type of movie. Mm. Um, I think um, Nebula's... So Nebula gets an upgraded arm, doesn't she? Yeah. And it was literally a sentence. Yeah. You know, Rocket... I, I did love that in, sort of... Um... Spectre gadget arm that she's got in it. was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I and just, you have I to take it's a it bit that lazy. That's, yeah, it is lazy, but I think oh, that's it's, it's cool. to talk about her connection with Tony, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. that's clearly his technology. Yeah, in her arm, um, and and it and it connected it to Rocket as well. You know, yeah, that he'd done it for it, but it was like I need um, I need a flamethrower now, flamethrower that it literally <laughs> inspected gadget and. Yeah, yeah, it it was. But going back to to Drax and Mantis, yeah, I, I I think they they were used too much as comic relief, and that that takes me to what I love about this third film is that it doesn't feel as comedic as the mm. first two, which for me is what has made it better. I I did feel the first two were probably the films that were trying to be the funniest until the last two Thor movies. That I said about those two, the better. But um, this one just felt like it had more heart to it than mm. the, the previous two, which for me is always going to come to the fore. If a film film's got heart, at least you know they are trying yeah. to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, I, I was unfortunate enough to be sitting next to our Eve during this movie... And as soon as the animal testing started, she was in bits. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I was expecting it to be worse. Well, yeah. And maybe there is a cut that'll come out, which is worse. But yeah, it was pretty gruesome. It was pretty yeah. dark, in fact. For, for a, I mean, I don't know what this film is, whether it was a 12 or what, but it was pretty grim. Well, I've seen friends that, that watch it and question whether it should have been a 15 because some of that stuff does get pushed the envelope quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. In, in yeah. It just, just from what I'd been reading, it just felt like it was going to show more mm. than it did. Um, I don't know. that, As you say, Craig, there probably is a cut that's that delves far deeper into it. But... Uh, it's not something that I I support. Peter always, or Peter, or however you say it, always seems to to do things a little unfairly and blaming people for things. Um, but they have backed James Gunn and said he did a really good job of portraying it. Mm. Um, I so. think as we had to see the the cruelty to get the madness of the villain as well. Yeah, we had to yeah. see how far he would go in yeah. the, the horrible, horrible things that he did to really appreciate his, yeah. his badness, uh, basically. One of, funny enough, you mentioned the villain, is one of my issues with the film. Um, just, yeah. The, no, the actor was great, great turn, great performance, but the character, and this, this is more probably just from the, the comments, he's such a dick. He's yeah. So fucking ego. He's, he's a bit got more ego than ego. He's just yeah. such a dick. Yeah, and that kind of has been the issue with the last two Guardians, because I didn't think Ego was great either. Mm. Um, yeah, he was a dick as well. Yeah, whereas um, 
obviously... go back to the first. I was thinking about this afternoon. You go back to the first film. I thought the um, I forget his name now. The Inquisitor, Ronan. Um, Inquisitor Ronan. Ronan. Yeah, was a great character. And yeah, Luke Pace did a great job with that. He, he was just he was properly nasty and driven. And, yeah, and religious, not religiously driven, and, and vengeance. And, whereas the, the last two have just been so up themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I'm going to take it one step further. I'm not a massive fan of the actor. Um, having watched him in Peacemaker as well, which I thought was poor and really worried me as to what James Gunn was going to. He has saved himself with the, the Christmas special and, and this film, in, in my opinion. Um, I did worry where DC was going, having watched Peacemaker. Um, I didn't like him in that either. Um yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, he's the the cop that uh, yeah. he works with. Um just just not a fan, unfortunately. Um, I suppose this does rule him out of any bigger roles, despite the fact that he's been linked with playing Lex Luthor over the last couple of days. Oh, right. Um uh, as one of the one of the names floated around. Well, it's come from the fact that James has said he's spoken to someone from Guardians about playing Lex, um, but said it probably won't happen. Um, for me, I don't think it is him. I'm quite sure it's not. If anything, I think he's probably spoken to Michael Rosenbaum about coming back yeah. as Lex. Oh, okay. um, but, yeah, I, I truly hope he isn't because I just haven't enjoyed either performance I've seen from him um, in recent recent months, probably the last year, isn't it? Peacemaker came out about a year ago. Um and yeah, it just just not for me doesn't doesn't work. There's something that slightly doesn't connect for me with him. Um so I am in agreement. Character wise, I think the only other one he's outside of Rocket and Great and all this we'll get to him is how what do you guys think of Gamora's ending in the film? Yeah, um, I, I thought I'm it was surprised. the yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah, um, and and probably was the correct thing to do because she was a different version. She yeah. she wasn't shaped by those experiences that the other version had. Yeah, exactly. She she went back to what she knew. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, I I've liked Zoe Saldana. I for those of you that don't remember her first big Hollywood role, she was in the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Um, yeah, as a tiny little cameo and then never appeared again after that, despite the rest <laughs> of the crew coming back. She was yeah. never seen again. Um, yeah. But that by that point, her career had taken off. She was a, a massive star by that point. And and yeah, it's it's been nice to have someone like that. She's She's got more films that have crossed the billion dollar in the box office than anybody in Hollywood, wow, which is wow. just ridiculous. But when you consider that she's been in Guardians... So there was two that crossed a billion there. She was in the two Avengers films. She's been in two Avatar films. It's just unreal. Um, And to have somebody like that in the MCU has has been great. And we saw how her story went in the first two films, um, which was was lovely. We, We saw this version of Gamora that started this film way back at the beginning of the first one. Um, and and you can see how different experiences have shaped her in two different ways. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I I've been a, a massive fan of Gamora, um, and it is it's sad to see her go, um, because she is one of those characters that kind of has endured in the in the comics that's that stuck around. So to see her go and and kind of leave us with with a shell of the Guardians now, yeah. um, and I also think what Gunn did with with her and then with the audience was quite clever. Yeah. Um, as we move on to Groot and, and to Rocket, was that she finally got to understand what Groot was saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then so did we. Although you yeah. would never you'd never knew that from until um, how thick people are online, let's be honest. No, Who actually no thinks exactly. We heard him speaking English. He wasn't yeah. speaking English. We, no. for the first time, got to hear what he says. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that's clever, though. Yeah. And and he weirdly is the other person that I think James Gunn may have spoken to about Lex Luthor is Vin Diesel. Oh. Um because they are apparently it was in one of the sides that someone saw that it was Apex Lex, which oh. is like the one that's massive that's trained yeah. to take on Superman. Oh wow. Um so it that's why it made me think it was possibly him. Yeah. Um, that he'd spoken to, but I'm assuming now that he's doing another fast film after the finale, um, I think he's probably going to be quite busy. Yeah. Um, over the next few years, so he, he probably won't be available. Um, so just so that I can, I love coming on this, so I can get all my idiot out, full idiot here. So Gamora is the past Gamora because they yep. jumped forward in time. The original Gamora yep. was killed. Yeah. So is she allowed to be in this time in, in this time slot? Why isn't the time cops or whatever they're called coming after her? <laughs> well, we we shall see. We might might see something regarding that in Loki. Because also Captain America messed with time as well, didn't he? Yeah, because he went back in time to live out his life. Yeah, um, just just as a boring person because he um, wanted a shag. Because that's he why. A shag, yeah. <laughs> but but um, he was still again this this burns your head out. So he would have been still knocking around as as pensioner Captain America when the original Captain America was found in the ice and thawed out. Yeah. So yeah. there's two yeah. Captain Americas knocking around at that point. Yeah. yeah. So are these things allowed, you know, Loki's in, in time, prison, jumping around all over the show, but these two are allowed to get away with it? Yeah, well, if you remember, Red Slayer pointed out that certain things are allowed to happen. Right, um, okay. The, the Avengers were supposed to do what they did, so that you can argue that, that there was supposed to be this other Gamora. <laughs> I suppose that's the way you can get around that. Okay, yeah. so yeah, okay. Um, disposition is, is that disposition? Is that no exposition? Exposition, yeah. Literally, they just explain everything away with the sentence, yeah, yeah. That's how they get away with things, yeah. yeah. Okay. One line, it's fine, yeah. That's it, and and yeah, so I suppose we do need to touch on probably the two outstanding characters throughout all three films. Mm-hmm. Um and their other appearances in in Rocket and and Groot, what a pairing those yes. two have been. Absolutely. Um, 
and and the fact that Vin and Bradley still were happy to go out and promote the film. Yeah. Like I've seen both of them. Like Vin Diesel was at Disneyland Paris when they did the premiere, the European premiere. Um, yeah. because he was here filming um Fast and the Furious. Mm. Um and then Bradley was doing the promotional work in New York. Now obviously he lives in New York. Um and they didn't do the rest of the press tour like like the rest of them. But the fact that they they kind of still came out and and promoted what is basically a voiceover job that they probably yeah. spend an hour in the studio and that's it, they're done. Yeah. Um and, and again, well, we've said this before Matt, over the years in terms of, of the cast, you know, there there have been a few where we raised their eyebrows like Benedict, like like Karen. And 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 yet they always come come through. And it was the same with these two. You would yeah. you would never have thought that you could get any kind of emotional resonance from Vin Diesel saying the same line. Yeah. But he does. And it's fantastic in every film. <laughs> the way yeah. he delivers them is fantastic. Yeah, and, and they tied they tie the CGI up so well with them as well. Yeah. Um, that you ju- you feel the emotion through their voices yeah. as much as you do what you see on screen. Yeah. Um, and, and and Bradley Cooper, I go back, I, I watched the first two films again recently. And if you didn't know it was him doing the voice, you would never know that that was Face Man from the 18. No, no, you truly wouldn't. And, Wow. It just amazes me in the fact that he's now become this massive director and Oscar winner. Yeah. And yet he still comes out and, and does Rocket. Yeah. I mean, these are the ones like the both CGI, which is perfect. We've got like um, Rocket's backstory now through flashbacks, but that's only to a certain point. We Have we ever had it explained... Uh, when these two met, no, no, but I suspect it might turn up in animation if if I was a betting man. Which it's a an unfortunate, you know, that's a wasted opportunity because it could be a proper Marvel TV series. We don't know how long they've been together when we see them in the original Guardians. You know, it could be ten years, it could be twenty years. There's a lot of story to yeah. be told there. And the CGI high characters, and they've got so much audio of I am Groot, he doesn't have to come back. <laughs> no, I think it'd be absolutely brilliant. It's a missed opportunity, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I, I truly am interested to see where this this goes because obviously Rocket's now in charge, and they're not going to leave it alone. No, they can't we're gonna, leave it alone. Yeah, I think we're going to see that incarnation of, of, of the Guardians at some point. Maybe not in their own flagship film like like we've had with these three, but yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if these three are knocking around for Secret Wars, and that's where Peter comes back. Yeah, and uh, and you've got to assume that Peter's going to end up joining the Avengers now. Mm. Now he's on Earth. That yeah, that I would imagine would be the the plan. Because you would assume that he hasn't left his space tech behind that he brought all that back with him. Yeah, you've got to, and as it says, the legendary Star Lord will return. Mm. Yeah, there's no way it's too big a paycheck for Chris Pratt not to come back, and that was very deliberately worded as well. So that they, yeah, that they've clearly got plans for him to appear again at some point. Yeah, and obviously with the new Guardians, they're not going to waste Adam Warlock. No, who I it was a middle in debut. 
Yeah. And, 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 well, he, and he was all right. Because I gather that the character's a little bit short of three sandwiches short of picnic basket in the comics, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's born too early. He's not ready. Born, yeah. So, so in that respect, I thought he actually nailed that bit quite well. He was really annoying. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are worried about, is that they don't know whether Will's got the acting chops yeah. to then portray the all-powerful Adam yeah. Warlock mm. um, that we we will see at some point, I'm I'm sure. But, yeah, I as I say, I thought it was middling. I thought he didn't get as much screen time as I thought he would. Mm considering there was such a big fuss about it and he was obviously teased at the end of the last one. Um, it did feel like a little bit of a wasted opportunity at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I don't mind Will Poulter. Um, he's had a, a fairly decent career. He looks like Sid from Toy Story. Um, <laughs> and you, and he's you not the only see- person. I kind of want to see what that incarnation of the Guardians is, what they all bring to the table as a group now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we of course, now have King Groot, um, which is a fairly recent addition. I was going to say, um, he's massive, isn't he? Yeah, he, <laughs> it was actually part of a, a mobile game that they introduced him in. Yeah, he's he's right. from the, the Contest of Champions. Ah. Um, and, yeah, he is kind of based on a kaiju. <laughs> um, so... So that's why why he's so big, uh, and I love the fact that how they tease it. Now I'd read it because I didn't honestly know when I was going to see it, and I knew mm. I wouldn't be going opening weekend, so I wasn't avoiding spoilers or anything. It wasn't, as I mm. said, the first two films weren't that big a deal for me, yeah. um, so I didn't mind being spoiled. And I'd read that's what happened that they end. You you wonder where he is, and then all of a sudden you realise they're actually sitting on him. <laughs> um, which is which is just great, and it, it it's a good way to end for him. We've seen all these varying incarnations of him. We even mm. got him as a head in this one. That was just yeah. <laughs> that was book. nuts. Yeah, <laughs> it was like oh, so he survived by having his body chopped off and his head surviving. Yeah, um, it was very Toy Story, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, very much so, and also very. Cyberman like, yeah, yeah. with the, the, the tendrils coming out. It was that well. was yeah, that was that was cool. And and we obviously we got the the big cameos again, like we did in the last film with with Stallone. Um, it still feels like James Gunn's just putting his mates in <laughs> with and with things wife. like that. Um, <laughs> and his wife, yeah, his wife was back again in another. Because I didn't trigger because of the, the hat yeah. she got on, and I was watching thinking. I really know that face from somewhere, but because yeah. of her hair, your face, and she was in this, I didn't twig, it was her. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, Nathan Fillion gets wasted. Yes. Um, it, it seems like that happens all the time. And and you've seen him this weekend, Tony, or you've seen well, the queue I, of people to meet I've him. Seen, I've seen the queue, and it yeah. was massive. And you've been to Telford. They, yeah. His queue was actually, they got him in a corner in the hall. And they had to break his queue in two because of the walk right through to the other part of the arena. Yeah, so and it, just, it just feels like such a waste. Yeah, like yeah. so many times he's looked like he's he's a leading man. He's a leading man on TV. Every show that he does is popular, yeah. no matter what. And his movie career just seems to die. And it it kind of feels like James Gunn's kind of going, oh. 
we're we're not going to have you as a lead, but I want you in the film, and we're going to kill you off after five minutes. In fact, and... it's a good segue actually into one of my issues with the film. As as you know, as I said, I like the film, and I but I didn't love it, and that for me, there 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 were those two segments that, that jarred for me a little bit. It was that sequence in the um, the living planet thing? Um, the, the library, whatever it was, where Fillion was on, and also yeah. the the other, the other Earth, and that those bits just didn't entirely work for me. And no, I, I, I felt like they overdid it with with the Counter Earth. Counter Earth, yeah, that's it. Uh, but then, let's say the Fillion stuff. There, there was the makings of an interesting character in there for him. Yeah, um, but I can't, I kind of wanted him to be a bit more like Nolan from from the Rookie. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it, it's another one of those problems with Gunn's films, isn't it? That he likes to have a little comedic section, mm. um, which isn't so bad. And as I said, it does feel like he's turned a corner Yeah, in in recent things he's done. Like, as I say, the, especially the last two Guardians things that he's done um, mm. have felt a little bit more mature than they previously had done yeah which which gives me some hope that he's going to be able to nail superman mm. um in that sense and i and i truly was worried i didn't yeah. know where it would go but then when we get this whole um, civilians in you kind of ah there's the more juvenile james yeah and and you kind of wonder whether well who's going to get hit with this mm. in superman is it going to be a lead character or is it going to be some random Crypto. Character that you don't really care about. Crypto's going to be the comedy character, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, DC, my worry is that it's going to be Jimmy Olsen. Oh, could yeah. In 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 the comic books, is DC darker than Marvel? Uh, Superman isn't. Superman's yeah. meant to be, which was the, the problem hope of everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, is is James? Does does James Gunn understand that? the subtle differences in DC and Marvel or is he just going to like morph Guardians of the Galaxy palavers over onto Nobody knows. DC? That, that's where people are a bit twitchy, I think. Problem is he did do it with the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I need to watch that because I still haven't watched it. Uh, it's yeah. on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. Oh, so... might give that a little dabble then. Yeah. You don't watch that and then come back to us and you'll see where people have some concerns with him being a, the Kevin Feige of DC. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add that I haven't brought up? Um, a couple of little things. I, I did like the little, there's a little throwaway moment in that, in the post credit scene with his, with his grandfather, where he's reading the paper. I love that little reference to Kevin Bacon on the front of the paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that he'd been adopted by aliens. Yeah. That, I enjoyed that. Um, Elizabeth to Becky, I just could watch her do anything. But what yeah. a strange arc for her in this. She went from this really gold, well turned out looking girl to this quite grungy version. <laughs> Such a tra- yeah. transformation in, in the character. Yeah. Um, I hope they bring her, find another job for her in, in Marvel somewhere because I like Elizabeth to Becky. Yeah, and she was very good. She played um, Princess Diana in The Crown as well. Yes. Yeah, I need to watch um, that. She was that. very good in that as well. Um, but I say yeah. So as you, as I, I, the film didn't entirely work for me at times, because and that was because of the, that, like I said, the, the the two bits I mentioned. 
but the stuff that really the stuff with Rocket was just incredible. It was gut wrenching at times. Um, so soulful. Um, nice little voice turn from Linda Cardinelli as well. I'm meant to mention. Yeah. Um, as I suppose you saw Rocket's girlfriend, really. Um, and and and, his, and the other two friends. That was they were really. Really, very bizarre looking, but very sweet characters. Um, yeah. And that, that final scene where Rocket breaks out with, 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 with what happens to them, it's just heartbreaking. So you, yeah. you get that pull out in the camera and see that they've both been shot. Yeah. So that's how he ended up being on his own originally. Um, and Cooper's stuff, playing the young voice of himself as well, was really good, I thought. I was listening to him thinking, have they recast Bradley Cooper or are they just put him through a modulator or something? <laughs> because he's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it was a, for me it was it was a very good wrap up. Um, where I, I don't place it above the first film because for me I, I you know I was a big fan of the first film, um, but I, I place it probably on a par with the second film. Um, it's got more heart than the second film, um, yeah. but it's also got those couple of sequences for me that didn't quite work quite so well. Um, but a but a very sort of fitting end to to, to the so, so to the Guardian saga, for want of a better description. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Craig, how about you? Um, it's still that there's a thing happening now where when the Marvel films come out, you would watch them in the pictures. Sometimes I'd go back. I mean, Guardians one, I think I watched that three times in the pictures. Um. <laughs> Black Panther, watch that twice in the pictures. Um, now there's just that much content. I'll probably watch it at home when it comes out on the Disney Plus. Whether I'll go to go back, I mean, it's a it's a proper portion of your life now to go and start watching the Marvel stuff in order <laughs> again. I I had a mate. Um, Brian Lumley has got a series of books called The Necroscope. Oh, yeah, Fantastic yeah. horror books. And uh, I've read them all, but I read them all once. My mate, <laughs> when a new Brian Lumley book come out, um, would start the Necroscope fil- uh, books at the beginning yeah. again. Hey. Oh, blimey. Yeah, and the, off the top of my head, there was about 12 or 13 books. Um, and he'd start them. <laughs> and that's what it feels like now for Marvel. Um, this was a brilliant uh, wrap-up for the Guardians in this iteration. Um, I teared up at various bits of it. Our Eve was in pieces, sobbing. So it's still, it's still got that. You could still pull that from you. Um, whether I'd, I'd, like, I wouldn't buy it. I used to buy all the Marvels only on Apple only on iTunes, but I'd still buy them. I wouldn't buy the physical because I haven't even got a DVD player or nothing. But now Disney Plus is there. I'd rather just keep Disney Plus on the going uh, and watch them whenever. But I don't know if I'd go back and do you know what I mean? I need to watch this film again, actually, at some point, when it drops on Disney Plus, to watch it again. To, to try and sort of try and appreciate it a little bit more, as I say, because some of the stuff jarred for me first time round. And I think I do need a second viewing of it at some point. I think I will watch it again, but whether I would watch it for the third or the fourth time. Mm. Uh, like, like I might watch the Guardian saga 
again, like I, I would watch them as a whole, I think, yeah. over what the the five, six, yeah. five films and the special. Um, I don't feel the need that I'd need to watch I Am Groot again. I thought that was a kind of waste of time, to be honest. Yeah, um, it didn't didn't add anything to the story at all. But I might, especially now, we are kind of starting to wrap up certain characters. Like, we've already lost some. Now Guardians have gone. Um, and there's going to be a few more that we, we lose along the way. Um, I might sit and watch those films together as a whole if I... Like like you did, Tony. You went and watched the first two before you yeah. went and, and saw this. Yeah. I might yeah. do that once that film comes along on Disney Plus. I'd probably watch it again in that sense, just well, to kind of wrap it up. But I wouldn't go out of my way now, to watch it. Where, where you can just jump in and, and pick bits of the saga that you feel are relevant. I mean, because yeah. I did I did toy with watching the Avengers two films as well with them in. But I couldn't really make it fit narratively and emotionally, and in terms of time, in that, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. that week for the film. But but I think, in fact, those two Avengers films throw it all out the window because you kind of feel like you need to go watch them with everybody else's mini sagas. Yeah, and that's the problem. Unless they've been new characters that have kind of popped up since. Yeah, you pretty much have to watch them for everybody because everybody was in them. Yeah, there wasn't anybody missing. No. Um, so you would have to watch it every single time. Yeah, so you need to watch Endgame and Infinity War each yeah. time. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. yeah definitely. We'll do again with Captain Marvel when the Marvels comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so for me, as I said at the top of the show, Guardians weren't my favourite films. Um, they they would have been in the bottom six alongside the last two Thor movies, the, the first Hulk movie. Probably Iron Man two, possibly, um, and and yeah, they they just weren't my favourite. I I can't say I will ever be a fan of Chris Pratt. Um, I've tried watching other things with him in, and it just haven't it hasn't clicked. Mm. Um, and I don't think it ever will. Um, mm. in that sense, and he's certainly not the most noble of heroes. Um, and yeah, just just wasn't my my cup of tea for the most part but as i said james gunn his writing did mature around the christmas special um and this film it was it was very different um and, for me and he was our way into the into the more cosmic stuff i mean we we'd had a little bit of it with with them um, with the four films and asgard but this was a much more expansive look at the um yeah yeah, it was very, it very much felt for me like it was a poor man's firefly. Mm. It did feel like it was trying to replicate that success, well, mm. relative success that that Joss Whedon had with Firefly and Serenity, mm. um, and and didn't quite stand up to to that. But as and I said, I it was right. in the same vein it was Rebels as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so, and it it, it never felt quite to those levels despite some absolutely fantastic performances at times from from some of the supporting cast um mm. but his writing did mature over the last what it's probably three years now since yeah. he started writing this with the with the sacking and suicide squad and then coming back 
Um, and and these last two um, segments of the saga have worked much better, in my opinion, yeah. um, which is why I would now kind of put this third one somewhere in the middle of the mm. pack across the whole of whole of the MCU, <laughs> because I just felt like it was a, a more mature story on, mm. on James Gunn's part. And as I said, um, there have been some absolutely outstanding performances yeah. um, from characters that shouldn't, they shouldn't tug at your heartstrings, but they do. No, um, you, you would never expect it. A, 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 a talking raccoon and a walking tree to sort of been so emotionally involving as they have been. Yeah, and yeah, and I yeah, and I do feel like it's a it's a fitting end to the to that story. And though we will never forgive Peter Quill for trying to rip Thanos's head off, <laughs> um, all is forgiven with the with this last film, in in my opinion. And and yeah, it's not it's never going to get anywhere near my top five just because I don't have that care for for the bulk of the characters. But um, it is now middling and it, it certainly feels a lot better than the rest of this phase um yeah. since kind of doctor strange the the phase really did tail off um and now obviously we are at the start of the next phase um uh, and this this has set it off in a good way um yeah. and and sent them off um to to higher purposes um and we will see some of them again and some of them we won't. So yeah. on, on that note, I think that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on, on the Guardians of the Galaxy saga as we've now christened it. Um, <laughs> thank you, boys, for joining me. Absolutely loved it. Um, um, I mean, just, just very quick, what's next for Marvel? Uh, the next thing there. we've got is Secret Wars, I believe. Invasion. Yeah, Secret Invasion, sorry, Secret Wars is the next. I've recently picked up the, the trade paperback, so I need to dive yeah. into that. Yeah. So Secret Invasion and Secret Wars are two different things. Yeah. yeah. One's yeah. a TV series and one's a film. Yeah. Very different stories. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, right, that's what's been confusing me, you see, because yeah. I thought they were making a film and then making a TV series and then changing the minds of making a film again. Secret yeah. Wars yeah. is going to be like, you know them video games where you get loads of different characters all fighting each other from like different franchises. Secret yeah. Wars will be a bit like that in a couple of years' time when the multiverse plays out. Ah, right, okay. Yep. And the, the next foot next film we've got is the Marvels in November. Yeah, yeah. no, got pushed back. So, so thank you very much, boys. As I say, shout out to Josh. Thanks for all your help over the the years, and hopefully you will be back at some point. You might even be back next month. We don't know yet, but do you want me to go down and give him a hug because I'm literally half a mile away? I go on then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll have to come up at some point and say hello. And... Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Bladded. Yeah, definitely. And so, on that note, uh, thank you very much, listeners. Uh, and I have one last thing to say: once you go dark. <laughs>